Hello, it's Aletta, and I'm here with my colleague, Jenna Fornell, who is continuing our exploration of school connectedness. Today, the focus is on the relationship between school connectedness and asking for help. Jenna, how can asking for help make us feel more connected? Well, it's not just the asking for help. It's the feeling you get when you give help. So when was the last time that you helped someone out? Actually, I recently changed the air filter in my mom's condo. Okay. And how did that make you feel? Well, first of all, I'm quite competent because I have to admit, I wasn't sure that I knew how to change an air filter, but it turns out I do know how to change an air filter. So it made me feel, it made me feel competent, which is lovely. Um, and it also made me feel, you know, it's a small thing, but it made me feel appreciated and, and like I, there's almost a power in knowing that you can do something that matters for somebody else. So it, it made me feel, I guess I would say competent, appreciated, and maybe even a bit powerful. Wonderful. Exactly. Like exactly. I love that example, because if you think of other times when you've been able to help someone out, you notice that those kinds of things show up again and again. That kind of feeling is always part of the experience. You've made a connection. There was a place where you were needed and you were able to fill that need. And that feels good, whether you're an adult like we are or a child. Um, but in schools, we tend to think teachers are the ones who need to do all the helping. That's it's the often called the helping profession. Um, and in today's post, I'm suggesting we revisit that assumption and consider what happens when we put our students instead in that helping role. That's amazing. And that shift also shows mutual respect because it shows that I, the teacher, am not the only one who has answers. You, the student, have lots of answers. And also, I think when we ask someone for help, we show that we value them, that they have something of value that we're asking them to offer. Exactly. And students, given the opportunity to do meaningful, purposeful work, they rise to the occasion in these amazing ways, um, as you'll hear about in today's episode. I'm Aletta Margolis, and this is Hooray for Monday, your inspiration and toolkit for the week ahead. Don't know how? Your students might. Hooray for Monday, March 20th, 2023. Here's Jenna with this week's post. You know that feeling when a family member can't open the jar, so they ask you for help and you pop off the lid? Or you're walking through your town and a tourist asks for directions and you can point them right where to go. Or a friend is super down and you can feel your words lift them up. Who doesn't love that feeling? It feels amazing to be helpful, to be needed, to see ourselves rise to the occasion, to belong in a useful way to our home, our community, and our relationships. What does it look like to create space for that feeling in our schools? It's a worthy question to explore because when we do create that space, school connectedness grows. Last week, I jammed the copier at school. I first resorted to my usual tactics of trying to force open doors, but I don't really know this fancy copier, and the offending jam was in a place my tactics could not reach. Down the hall sat a group of students with whom I've had my struggles. In a moment of desperation, I asked them if they knew how to fix this machine. To my surprise, they immediately jumped up to help. We don't know how to fix it, one said, but we'll try. And I thought, oh, shoot, 
What if they take to it the way I just did, but with youthful force? Instead, calmly, almost reverently, one student tapped the help button on the screen. Then they all worked together to follow the series of intricate steps that showed up. After a few minutes, they gently opened the copier door and extracted the paper. There you go, one of them said nonchalantly as the group walked back to their gathering spot. I noticed they seemed to be walking a little taller as I stood there, mouth agape, grateful, and in awe. Now, this isn't to suggest we should make our students responsible for school repairs, but look what they can do. What else might be possible when we involve them in making things work in our school communities? Here are a few ideas. Number one, when you have a chronic classroom issue, pencils disappearing, assignments coming in late, dirt being tracked in, students interrupting each other, try asking the students to help you find a solution. This builds buy-in and deepens a sense of belonging to the classroom community. Number two, classroom jobs are one way we typically foster student leadership and shared responsibility for the community. Take a look at the jobs you offer and consider some that would specifically build school connectedness. How about a team of weekly problem solvers whose job it is to help the class wrestle with issues that arise in the community? Or a keen observer whose job it is to find and share examples of care and support exhibited by classmates? Try appointing a daily scribe whose job it is to summarize and write up the most important activities the class engaged in each day. Number three, schools often have student councils to plan spirit days and dances, but what about student advisors for the administration? In this approach, you'd choose a different student from each class each month or quarter who meets as a group with other selected students to talk with administrators about what is and isn't working in the school. These students could bring concerns from their class to the group, and through their feedback, they could help the administrators think about solutions to the problems. Adults are almost always outnumbered in schools, so it's easy, particularly at the end of a long day, to feel that the students and their problematic behaviors are what get in the way of school connectedness. But what if they actually know things we don't about how to solve the problems? See what happens this week if you ask your students for help. Check our show notes for links to this week's resources. Rethinking student jobs. In today's post, we offered a few fresh classroom job ideas. This podcast from Cult of Pedagogy includes many more and some neat ways to introduce these roles to your students. Make praise meaningful. As you find more ways to have students help you out, notice the language you offer in response. Rather than good job, noting what the student did to accomplish the outcome orients students towards both their learning process and intrinsic interest in learning. Scribe's record. We shared this last week, but it's worth sharing again in this new context. If you invite your students to be the scribes as they share what they've learned in class, You're not only enlisting their help, but you're centering their voice in the process. Registration for our free April Institute is now open. Join us for an exploration of building student persistence through action. 
Spring has sprung and so has the desire to get moving. It's time to use that physical energy to your teaching advantage. One of the secrets to student engagement is to make learning a physical process. Students are more likely to stay motivated to learn and persist through an activity when it gets them up and moving and puts them into action. In this institute, we will explore eight different ways to infuse action into the learning process using improvisation, dance, creating with materials, physical games, and more. Active learning isn't just the purview of elementary school. These activities are applicable across grades and subject areas. Our first session is on Monday, April 10th from 3.45 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Our second session is Wednesday, April 12th from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find links to registration in the show notes. This program is free. Certificates of completion will be provided for all participants. Each week, a member of the Inspired Teaching community shares something that's currently piquing their curiosity. Maybe it will spark yours too. This week, we hear from my son, Leal Abatello, a ninth grader at West Potomac High School in Alexandria, Virginia. I'm curious about side hustles. I recently found out about curb painting, which is where you paint the house numbers onto the curb in front of a house. People do this to help first responders identify or verify where your house is if it's hard for them to see the house number elsewhere. Similarly, it can help a friend who is coming over figure out where you live if they can't see the numbers by your door. I thought about this yesterday because I was walking through a neighborhood doing fundraising for my sports team and saw that some houses had their curbs painted and others didn't. I thought that I might be able to turn this into a profitable side hustle that would also help people in the neighborhood and put money in my pocket. In order to do this, I would need spray paint, stencils, and a knack for door-to-door sales. If I did a few houses and did it well, I could take pictures and build a portfolio to share with future clients. These days, I'm always wondering how to make money as a teen without a car. How can I apply the skills and resources that I have in order to help others and create an income stream? Hooray for Monday is an award-winning weekly publication of Center for Inspired Teaching, an independent nonprofit organization that invests in and supports teachers. Inspired Teaching provides transformative, improvisation-based professional learning for teachers that is 100% engaging intellectually, emotionally, and physically. Our mission is to create radical change in the school experience, away from compliance and toward authentic engagement. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.